I'll let you guys find out. All right. All right. Liquid propulsion in hand. Welcome back to episode seven. Episode seven. Episode seven. Wingman's garage. <clears throat> this is Chris and Tyler. Hey, he knows. His hey, he got his, almost got his cue right this time. And it's Daniel. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Yes, it's still winter, but there's a promise of it finally coming to an end. Although, well, it, you couldn't tell this last week. No, weekend. you are not going to be able to tell at all. This doesn't exist. Or does it? Yes, it sort of does. Tyler loves being awkward. <clears throat> what a weirdo. Somebody's got to be good at it. <laughs> well, you you certainly win at that one. Anyway, um, how so are you yeah. all doing? <laughs> How's everybody doing tonight? Yeah. We've got the liquid propulsion, and we're hanging out at the Casa de Wingman. That's right. Just chilling out. There's not been a whole lot to happen this week. But no, not really. Unfortunately, um, we once again had to postpone our special guest. Uh, scheduling sucks. Let's yeah, at least way. this time he's not lying in his deathbed. No, yeah, at least he's not. Yeah, yeah. there's a work scheduling and everything else. But, oh well, um, we will touch on some small topics and then kind of just take questions and we'll go from right. there. Right, and speaking of questions... Hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, or call us, 2625-GO-RIDE. And leave us a funny voicemail. Yeah. And for those of you who have uh, seen Deadpool, I this is my challenge to everyone. I haven't seen it. Remember your favorite insult from the movie and call us and give it to us. Because I have mine, and I, I can barely say it without laughing because it's that fantastic. <laughs> so, anyway. Um... So where do we start? What do we want to well, talk I about? Well, I mean, let's start see. Off. Where do we start? Where do we start? Um, bullshit. Joey Savacci. Who is that? Go ahead. <laughs> you started. You're talking. Go All ahead. right. <clears throat> so to throw out our um, our little tidbit of dirt for the week. Um, oh, Lord. Any of you all out there, again, watching Supercross, uh, if you've watched the race this week, I was very, uh, very impressed with uh, Joey Savacci. Uh, running the 250 class, Cooper Webb has kind of put a hurting on everybody, and in the weeks past, uh, he's shown that he's not quite as machine as we thought he was. He's he's making quite a few mistakes there, and uh, just wanted to kind of give a shout out though because very proud of you know a lot of people took away from Joey a couple weeks back when he won at San Diego because uh, you know Cooper was le- leading the race and um, had some bike problems and the bike basically stalled out and. And he couldn't get it fired back up until uh, basically he was two laps down, and that was with a lap to go. So, <clears throat> you know, a lot of guys, oh, you know, Joey only won because Cooper's bike tore up. So he definitely earned it this week. Um, held Cooper off. Uh, Cooper did go down, um, remounted, and come, what, I think, second? Second or third? Uh, Why are you looking at the two of us? <laughs> yeah, like, as if these guys watched it. Yeah, right. Uh, <clears throat> But love you mean it, but I don't know what you're very, talking about. Very, uh, very impressed. So. But hey, hats off to you. Yeah, yeah. Anybody um, can win a Supercross. In fact, I give you a Sam Adams Winter Logger right now if you're here. Because <laughs> this stuff sucks. Yeah, it's not that great. Wow. We gave me and Chris just gave each other the I just got the stomach virus face. <laughs> right. Uh, Jason, it's, it's not bad, but it's but... not terrible. It's and terrible, you said I was good. awkward. Right. <clears throat> <laughs> That's not awkward. That's just so, actually telling the truth. Dungey, of anyway. course. Uh, Dungey, of course, being the machine that he is. Break down on the win. Standings are about the same. Still impressed with old old Reedy though. Didn't you know? He got an eighth, so not his best finish of the year by any means. Uh, but still impressive to see a 34 year old guy running with guys that are 10 years younger than him for the most part, and and keeping up like he is. Uh, Roxon pulled his normal um, super fast, but uh, he needs to work on his consistency and. Uh, Gotta stay on the bike, dude. Other than that, uh, right now it's looking like Dungey's gonna take this championship if somebody doesn't step up and, and give him a more consistent challenge. So was still out because I knew he got we'll hurt. We'll see what happens. He is uh, still. He had a concussion. Um, <clears throat> still kind of recovering from from that. I guess been having some issues and and I don't know what to think about him just because it seems like and I'm not trying to put the guy down, but it seems like he's had a lot of excuses to pull out recently. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. Uh, you know, again, concussion, and he's he's missed four rounds now. Well, so given the fact that it's a concussion, you don't mess with those. I mean, that's why Dario Franchitti had to retire because if he, the more you get, the more dangerous, the more likely you are to get another one. And well, he gets really, really bad. He's knocked himself out a few times. Well, yeah, I mean they all have, but it's <laughs> one of those things where 
if he's getting fragile like that, they don't need to. He didn't need to be on the track. Right. Much as I hate to see him go out like that because he deserves another championship after the raw deal he got last year. Yeah, no, I don't want him to. I just think it's crazy about you know you go back even before the the whole ban, and you know he had a lot of issues with uh, Supercross the year before. Um, when she got hurt at the end, then he come back to run the motocross season. Uh, ran several mm-hmm. races where he would he'd run one moto and do okay, and then he'd run a second moto and he'd pull off halfway through the moto. So I, I think he might be having some other issues. Maybe yeah, maybe the fitness isn't there. I'm not sure, but uh, would definitely mm-hmm. like to see him come back and and if nothing else, compete with Chad a little bit because yeah. I, I feel like you know this very well may be Chad's last year. I, it's hard to tell with the guy, um, being that he's a top five runner still. You know, he, he may not hang it up, but uh, well, if you're still in the top five, you're always. I mean, if you're the top five of any professional sport, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a job till you decide to quit. So, how many kids does Reed have? He's got a two or three. Uh, two, I think. Crap. Um, I think he's on number three. Okay, because I mean that's gonna get to a point where people are gonna start, or he family's gonna start coming into play yep. too. But we'll see. I'm all for it. Uh, go old guys. I like watching the old guys racing. I found right. every sport I watch, I tend to root for the old guy. Um, I root for Rossi. I ran, I always root for Rossi for him, because but, he's good. And this is true, but <laughs> even if he wasn't all that good, I'd root for him just because he's one of the oldest guys on the field. He is the oldest uh, or, guy yeah. on the field. Um, <laughs> you know, I was I was a Kevin Windham fan, and which I've always had my other favorites. You know, I've been yeah. a Reed fan, um, but I was a Kevin Windham fan. I was and still am a Andrew Short fan. I was a big Tim Ferry fan. Um, so you just write it off like four names. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, all dirt guys. I know Kevin Wyndham. <laughs> I know Wyndham, but see, I was but, a Mike LaRocco fan. That's how I am. I'm a LaRocco fan. Okay. Yep. LaRocco's leap and all that mess. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, you know, going from Supercross to Superbike, we've only got nine more days. It's five days till tally. That's true. Talladega is this coming weekend. World Superbike's in nine days. World Superbike is in nine days. It's going to be entertaining. I can't wait for practice to start because we can see where everybody's going to be at. The Kawasaki's are going to come straight out of the gate, and they're going to be the fastest one on the track. Sykes and Rhea, they're they're, uh, out to win it again. Yeah, and it's going to be tough to combat them just because the ZX-10, they've had two years, they've had a two years development and two years of championships on the thing, and the new one is pretty much all the changes they asked for. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough because that bike is going to be fantastic. Um, the Ducati didn't really get a whole lot of changes done. They did some they did some setup changes and some other stuff at the middle of the season, and Chaz took off, and Chaz started catching everybody up. So it's going to be a good couple of races, the first couple of races. Um, Nikki being on the bike, mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Again, we've talked about it at length. But don't count the old guy out. Well, the heck, I hate saying he's old, but he's 34, 35. And right. Field nothing but 20-year-olds, pretty much. But don't count the old dog out yet, just because he's still really fast. And he's going to be up there. Because he may not be, he may not have been toward the front in MotoGP this last couple of years. But he's still a racer, and he's not, he's never really been a qualifier. Right, and he's also working with a team that actually is working with him. Yeah. Not, you know, his teammate. Yeah. So I think uh, Nicky's got a good chance of... He'll be he'll do well. Yeah. He's going to do well. He Reminding people why he was a world champ. Yes, and he beat Rossi at a world... At, at, yeah. You know, at, at his game. Yeah. So seeing Nicky on, seeing Nicky on a Honda sideways toward the front is going to be fun to watch. Right. That left coming onto the front straight is going to be entertaining after the for the first couple of laps once the tires start getting hot. Yep. Because not when they're not, it's going to be sideways. <laughs> and it's going to be fun because if there's anything if there's one thing I know, Nicky is the best in the field at being sideways. Right. So, I mean, yeah, well, he's one of the few left out there that's spent his youth learning how to be sideways. He's the he's the only one that's done it on the at the american level yeah and while the super prestigio and all that kind of stuff might have the show you ain't gonna touch an american dark tracker you know nope. it's not gonna happen uh you might get because we when I mean, you get guys come over from europe and everything else to try and come over here and do flat track and they make they barely make the b main you know you're not going to touch anybody that the <clears throat> the only thing nikki hasn't won 
is the GNC. I don't think he won the national championship. He's won at everything. I don't know. I, can't, I don't remember if he won at a mile or not. But that's one thing that if you are a fan of motorcycle racing, you have to see a mile once in your life. That right. hopefully, hopefully, I'll get to do that this year. But a mile dirt track race, and if you can get in the infield, if they'll let you, if they have the ability to pay for, pay to get in the infield, because that's where all the personalities are and all the crazy guys are and everything else. So, but yeah, that'll be fun. But yeah, Little Talladega, the club racing season starts Saturday. Yes. That's going to be fun. Everybody's counting down. Some big news out of Dunlop for that. Hmm. While they have not upped their contingency, they've dropped their contingency off without paying out as much, or if at all, they have dropped the prices on the tires dramatically. And by dramatically, I mean a set of U.S. spec Intex slicks and a 120.70 and a 190.50 for $300. Hmm. Hmm. Not so, bad. if you've got tire warmers, and we'll actually, we'll probably touch on getting track prepped for the guys that either A, have never been to the track, or B, you're going back and you might need a refresher and go, oh crap, I, I need to remember that. We'll do that here in a little bit. But, yeah, Dunlop's got some good deals going for tires right now. The best, <laughs> of, the best of the tires I've ever had on the track were a set of KR449s on a SV650 that was well set up. And those tires were fun. You put them, you put them on the, the warmers and... You set them at medium until you get first call for your group and then set them on hot and then adjust the tire pressures when they got up to hot. And, yeah, you're lapping and grinning on that one. You're, it's almost like, depending on the class that you're in and how you ride, it's almost like you're cheating, <laughs> which is really fun. So, but anyway. Um, awesome. GP, there's been some interesting conversations from some of the American stars from, from the past AMA Superbike and, you know, Kevin Schwantz being, you know, doing Superbike and the match races and racing old school GPs about the whole Sepang thing. Has anybody else read any, any of this? Or not, um, just I me? just started to, uh, mostly because you sent me the link earlier today. And, uh, it, well, there's lots to be said about this. Kevin Schwantz, it's no secret that Kevin and Valentino are really good friends. Right. There's no secret there. Because they're actually, and Kevin was Valentino's hero growing up. Like, you see any old-school footage of Valentino on mini-motos and that kind of thing, he's in a Schwantz helmet. Right. So, Kevin had, they asked Kevin about it. Now that everything kind of halfway calmed down and everybody's gearing up for 2016, he asked Ke they asked Kevin about it, and Kevin said, the only thing Valentino did wrong, personally, was that he shouldn't have said anything about it. He should, have, mm -hmm. should not have said anything in the press conference, and he should have kept his mouth shut and let what was going on unfold in front of everybody, and at the end of the year, bring it up. He should have yeah. kept his mouth shut and everything else. And I sent you the link today. Yep. My hero, Matt Maladin. Who? Matt Maladin, the man. Uh, shout out to him. I haven't. Matt, I wish you would come back to the States for a race. That way you and I could kill a bottle of scotch. But anyway. <laughs> I'll go uh, for that. Oh, I'm down. I'd already t I've already told him. I was like, you make a race to Road Atlanta or Barber, I, and you let somebody know, I've got the bottle. I'll bring the bottle of scotch. So I like this. WWMMD. Yeah, WW. What would Matt Maladin do? I want that. What was the South Park song? What would Brian Boitano do? <laughs> right. I want to do a version. Of what oh, would Matt Maladin do? I think do? I'm gonna look that one up right now. Okay. Oh, that'd be great. But so he, uh, they ask him about it, and he's pretty much saying the same thing that you know, keep your mouth shut. And he goes. You obviously saw on Phillip Island that Mark was holding something back. And then it's Sepang. Rossi ran him wide, and Mark looked like he was trying to stop and hit it really well that he fell. It looked like, you know, Valentino, and he got caught on Valentino's leg. Mm -hmm. He goes, Valentino didn't do anything on that. And I'm sorry, I'm going to defer to Matt over anybody else unless you are one of the two, and we already know what they're going to say. So, and because Matt knows more about riding motorcycles than I'll, he's forgotten more than I'll ever learn. And so, and it's really tough to get a follow-up question with him. Right. But he followed up with it and he goes, look. Hey, look, what would Brian Boitano do? I love this movie. Oh, South Park. Oh, South Park. But anyway, all right. So, 
Man. Man. Daddy's being a... Daddy's being... Anyway. Um, so, man, I, I can't remember everything Matt said, but he's like, you know, they should have just kept their mouth shut mm-hmm. and handled it on the track and or handle it in the pits like we yeah. did back in the old days. And go not from make, there. Not make such a big... Not uh, make such a big pre- press thing about it right. settling on the track. But... But at the same time, anyway. you think about it, from a different perspective, them handling things so openly, you got people talking. Well, yeah, I got people talking, and it got people... I understand that, but a lot of negative connotations came, came out, came of, out it, of it. Yeah. With, even with the... Now... I'm off. I'm again. I will never be a Mark Marquez fan anymore. Just from some of the boneheaded moves he was pulling. Mm-hmm. The Italian journalist showing up at his house. Yeah, that was that completely is that ridiculous. is completely ridiculous and completely crossing the line. Um, if they, I will say this: if they just showed up at my place, there would be probably a pretty sizable lawsuit against me because I would beat the piss out of both of them. Right. I'm not. I no. I have no. You come on my come to my place and you're running your mouth like that. You're gonna get broke. So, but anyway, that's another subject. Um, hey, we actually got some activity off of Facebook. Do we? What's going yeah. on? This is our good friend Ham. Hambino, childish Hambino. That's what I call it. How could it. we not forgive? Forget to give how, shout outs to the Ham. How can we forget Ham? Right. He, it, I think for those of you who don't know Ham, which is most of you, which is most of you, unfortunately, because if you haven't met Ham, Ham is quite possibly one of the more instigating people you will ever meet. He is the one that he's gotten me in situations where I go, Oh God, he's the <laughs> one that says, bet you won't. And he's the, and as he's handing you a shot and you're like, Oh God, right. this is going to be a bad night. I haven't gotten kicked out of anywhere out of kick, 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 bleh, kicked out of anywhere with ham, but I've seen moments in time where I've been wanting to kick him the hell out. Yeah. There have been times where we want to kick him out, but ham is always the guy that you always, that's, He's always there with you in the night, but he usually doesn't have pants on, and he's really drunk. But yeah, what and that's Ham before say? he gets drunk. That's well, no, he shows up with his pants off. But what does <laughs> what did Ham say? He just wanted us to, to recognize him. Shout outs to Ham. Love. Oh wait, but see, this is the thing. Ham falls asleep to our podcast. So good night, so Ham. I'm, we might have. We're not going to sing a lullaby, but we'll tell Ham good night. I'm not singing at all ever. That's so, not what you said last episode. What? I don't remember that. I'm, I'm drinking right now, so I don't remember any of it. Oh, but a anyway. Bohemian Rhapsody somebody? Well, that's only on that song. <laughs> but anyway, so, so but yes. shout out to him. Shout out to him. Love you, buddy. Um, um, we need to get him on. Yeah. We'll have him on, him on the show one of these days. Right. Also, uh, Noble Savage also uh, would like to have a guest appearance. Oh, yeah. We'll get him. We'll get every, like we'll get all the buddies with the goofy stories. Yeah. <laughs> The the first guest we're getting he will be on next Monday, because this individual and I have spent some time at the racetrack and we've got some shenanigans to tell. Shenanigans. We there have been some shenanigans done and some damage done at racetracks. Hooning. Um, but anyway, so uh, let's see. Let's see what 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 were we 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 uh, got a question earlier. Actually, yes, we got a about something about triumphs. Yeah, we got a message here actually from Moto Jpo. Jpo off of Instagram. What's going on, Moto Jpo? Uh, he wants to know what we think of Triumph's new lineup of motorcycles. Are we talking the class, the new classic line, or are well, we talking know, about Triumph's the whole thing? got a lot of new bikes this year. Um, a lot of new stuff. The, the the big one that I liked some the most was the Speed Triple. Yes, it's not a brand new bike; it's an evolution of the latest one. Yes, and it and, is in my eyes. I think it's by far the most. Amazing speed triple they made. It is the prettiest. Yeah. I had Beautiful. a 1050 back. No, that was an 06 model. What's well, it's, um, it's an evolution of that bike. Yeah. That 1050 is such a buttery smooth motor. Oh yeah, quirky as hell, but smooth. That front end sticks though. Uh-huh. The front end on that bike, it's so good. But in 06, I can tell you the brakes sucked. Well, I mean, well the brakes. One year was, later, the brakes were much better. That was before even you know model blocks became a. The available right. they are. I heard the uh, crap. What year did they switch the headlights to the weird? Uh, is that eleven 10? or twelve? Yeah, ten. Ten. No, I had them in at least after or at, well, at least two thousand twelve is when they went to the new headlight. The cat eye headlight? Yeah. It can't be that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah that we'll makes sense because okay, yeah, because I, I was uh, whatever. We'll get corrected later. I was at the trans facility doing training. Yeah. Um, 
in like July of that of 2011. So that would make sense. Not think about it. Anyways, um, I rode before that. I rode the 2010 mm-hmm. um, speed trip one. It was the first uh, naked sport bike I'd actually ridden. And uh, they're fun, I, aren't they? Uh, they are. Um, I found out very quickly, one, just how much fun they are, but as you mentioned, the front tire sticking. Um, I went into a, a turn a little hotter than I meant to on one. and, and um, One of those, oh, God, moments. Yeah, it was one of those, like, this is the moment where you either commit or hope you don't run wide completely out of the road. Um, so I went with commit, and uh, I remember the, you know, the front end dropped down, and two things happened. First off, I was amazed at the cornering ability of the bike. Second thing, it was the first time my helmet had ever been that close to the ground without a fairing in front of me. It's so, a weird uh, feeling. It, yeah. it was a little like, oh, hi, pavement. Um, and the third thing was he was glad that he wore his brown pants. <laughs> right? Which he's usually wearing his uh, cargoes anyway. Yeah. This but is true. I mean, and that wheelie, that bike will wheelie. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. breathe. Yeah. I remember coming down a, a little back stretch. It was, um, I was probably doing about 40, mm-hmm. and I want to say I was in maybe third third year or so. Yeah. I wasn't very high on the RPMs, maybe like 3,800, 4,000 RPMs. And, um, I just kind of, you know, just gave it a little flick and man, that thing just, it just oh, stood yeah. right up. And it's, I mean, my monster doesn't really like no, that thing. No, it did. doesn't. So I still blame that on, on a, you know, 50 pounds of a front cylinder head right behind my front tire, but. Well, that's, that's what you get. Yeah. And you know, but, you know, the sound of a V-twin sport bike is awesome, but I, I still say one of the most beautiful sounds is the, uh, completely uncorked triple. Well, you heard, you saw that video I put up that mm-hmm. I tagged you in. It's the MV800 at full chat, oh, yeah. which is a glory. Well, any MV, it's like, it's like a Ferrari that has. It's, a Ferrari has to sound good. It's in the script. Yeah. You know, the MV triple just sound, the 800 especially just sounds like a symphony. Um, but talking about the speed triple, I rode. I was working at a Triumph shop right when the 1050 first came out and so we had one i was the scrub guy so if you bought a bike i was the poor i was either the the lucky guy or the unlucky guy that got to take the fresh bike out and got the glaze off the tires so i was either really good really you know nervous or i was okay with it but depending what you were on depending i was on yeah zx14s when they first came out we sold the first one in the state and that bike was a tire spinning whore with a brand new tire on but anyway so was the um, Z1000. Oh, God. Anyway, but so I'm pulling out on the Speed Triple, and then Carl, one of the mechanics, he was on a ZRX-12, and our shipping and receiving guy saw us both leave, and he goes, oh, this is a bad idea. And it was. 135 and 5th with 4,500 RPM and another gear to go was entertaining on a Speed Triple. We'll put it that way. Oh, yeah. But only thing, you don't see them a whole lot at racetracks. You don't see them a whole lot here in the States on a track day. I've only seen them probably two. Honestly, which really hurts me at all. Which yeah, you run into a, you might run into even a street triple once in a while on the road here. But, yeah, I mean, but see, that's the thing. Street, the speed triple, the the, the speed in the street triple line. Mm-hmm. I got real close to looking to trying to snag a street triple before I bought before I figured out the yeah. deal I got on the BMW. I was really interested in one of those. Um, and a speed triple to me is always going to be probably one of the best all around bikes you can buy. Look at that. Oh, I know. It looks so good. Yeah. And, and they fixed the headlights. I well, mean, it's still the cat no, eye, but it's not as All they as did much. was they, they didn't change a damn thing on them. All they did was put the put the housing in black. That's all they did. They didn't change a damn thing on it. They made the housings black, and it made it that much better. I promise. They may have well, adjusted it a touch, but not a whole lot. Hold on. I think they moved a ram air system directly. The, the, the there is a ram air there. But... Been serious. They didn't change gorgeous. much on the front end. It's just gorgeous. But yeah, but see, but the, the, no, no, yeah, the they, headlights are a little less. Yeah, they reshaped them. Yeah, they reshaped them a little bit, but the housing's black now. It's not chrome. Yeah, yeah. which is a big help. Which honestly, with my 1050, I love the chrome headlights. But well, see, the 1050, the 1050 you had, it was the the original bug eye though. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. the cat eye look. No, no, no. And the bug eye just looked with the short tail and everything. It looked so good. Yeah, this is. I think I the one 16 that, um, is the perfect. Blend of yeah. cat and the bug. Mm-hmm. What was the the orange color that came out? That was like a satin. Oh pearl. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that was a good so color. But so, but the other big news out of Triumph was the whole classic line. Oh yeah, the whole yeah. classic line got a brand new twelve hundred cc motor. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Ducati, your scrambler is cool, but Triumph had it from 
Triumph's had it. Triumph's had it a lot longer than Ducati. The thing about Ducati is Ducati, with that scrambler and that '62, they encapsulated a look mm-hmm. that you don't have to try very hard to get anymore. Whereas on a Triumph, you had to try a little bit. The, the Triumph scrambler, I adore that bike. I mm-hmm. again, it's one of the, I was tossing, but to, having a toss up when I was look, when I was shopping for something that was a little more aggressive, faster, and I could ride on the racetrack or something I could cruise back and forth to work on and have a good time on, but not be doing 500 miles an hour. Right. Obviously, 500 miles an hour wore out, one out, because that's where we have fun. But, um... <laughs> that, the, that's meant you got to kill a deal on that Beamer. Yeah, I did get a good deal on the Beamer. But that 1,200cc motor on that new bottom of the line... That, Just like the ride one. Uh, that, that Thruxton R. Yeah. I want a Thruxton R to thrash... Because that thing would be a blast on either a track day or you get that set up right with the thrust and arm because it's got Olin's front and rear and ride-by-wire and all mm-hmm. that stuff. You get that right, you get that set up right, I guarantee you that's a killer heavyweight twins bike. Oh, yeah. That would be a killer heavyweight twins bike. And that Street Tracker, the little one, mm-hmm. that's a 900. Yep, the Street I, Twin. Yeah, yeah. The Street Twin or whatever it is, yeah. that's going to be a good little – because they're – flat track in the bottom mm-hmm. it's yes. just the the company the the team that was developing the bike kind of hit a wall they're like no we're done we just we can't figure out how to do this somebody else needs to take over that street twin or whatever it's called that would be a fun flat track bike yeah you got somebody in there that knew what they were doing mm-hmm. adjusted everything and brought it back to the old school like you know bsa's and norton's oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff that would be a fun bike because the parallel twins are limited to a thousand i think Whereas on the XRs or seven, well, you're never going to top out an XR seven fifty. No. But I'm I'm all in on Thruxton. Oh, yeah. I'm all and, I'm the new the new Triumph line. I'm really enjoying. Yeah, that line. let's go back to the Street Twin for a moment. Um, that bike's it's, cheap. Yeah, eighty seven hundred is what MSRP is. Yeah, and for a bike that's classically styled, you got traction control, and it's you've, you've got, got five different yeah. colors to choose from. Yeah, and that gray looks fantastic. Fantastic. The gray and orange or whatever, mm-hmm. that bike looks beautiful. I'd almost say this would be a great first bike for someone who wants one bike. Just one bike. Yeah. I mean, if, something they won't outgrow. If, um, In all honesty, if we had the opportunity to look at, if I'd have known this was coming, I'd have told Tina to, maybe t- told Tina to hang on a little bit mm-hmm. and see what happened. The only problem, because when we were looking for her, she couldn't, the problem with it was the weighting of Triumphs were so top-heavy, right. she couldn't really get the bike off the stand comfortably. Right. So that's why we went well, with the hell. Bolt. It's got a 29 and a half inch seat height. Well, she's really short. Well, yeah, I know. She's like 20. She's 5'1". <laughs> yeah. I was going to say her seat height isn't very high. No, the seat yeah. height is not high for her at all. But the Bolt's fantastic. We're actually hopefully going to be able to get that out this weekend. But anyway, um... But yeah, I'm, I've always been a Triumph fan. Hell, you're wearing a Triumph t-shirt right now. I think I am too, actually. I am wearing a Triumph t-shirt. I'm wearing a work shirt. I'm wearing a work shirt, but I'm wearing a Triumph t-shirt too. Yeah. So there we go. Yep, and you know, outside the classic line, you know, obviously Triumph's got a whole lot of other bikes. They've re-updated some of their cruisers. The America's uh, always been cool. The America's always been cool. So is the Rocket 3. Oh, the Rocket 3 is nasty. Yeah. That. Oh, oh my God. Um, yeah, Rocket 3. If you don't know what a Rocket 3 is... <laughs> Triple cylinder, what, 2400? Yeah, 2400 uh, cc's. You want a good good Rocket 3 story? (laughs) A really good Rocket 3 story? Working at Castle. Well, I'm working at the Triumph dealer here in town. And we had a guy come in that had a V Rod, one of the Screaming Eagle V Rods. Uh, Like 06 or 07. It was the year the Rocket 3 came out. Yeah. So this guy comes in running his mouth about how this this V Rod can just drag a Rocket 3 down the street and just walk it. And it finally got to a point where we all got mad and got tired of hearing him talk. And we try, the thing about a Triumph dealer, Triumph will give you a demo bike for every bike that they have. They'll give you one. And you, it goes to like, I think they'll let you have it to about 2,000 miles, and then you have to sell it as a used bike. Which, okay, fine. Right. Whatever. So it finally gets to a point where I look at the sales manager and I go, hey, do we still have that Rocket 3 ready to go? He goes, yeah, here's the keys. So he pitches me the keys, and allegedly we took off and we kind of I told allegedly we, allegedly we cruised up to a bigger parking lot to turn around, and there was a straight stretch right in front of the uh, dealership. So allegedly we kind of met up at the light, and I told him I'm like on green we're going and we'll see what happens. 
put it this way, I was on a rocket three with a windshield, and I drugged that V-Rod down the street, allegedly. <laughs> so he didn't like that, and then we, I told the him... The front like, wheel may or may not have been on oh, the Oh, the front ground. wheel was definitely on the ground, but I was tucked in behind it, and... I don't. I was trying to stretch the throttle cables as far as I could. <laughs> um, but so, and then I told him, I was like, "All right, we'll jump on the interstate and see what you got." Alleg- Again, this is all allegedly. This is all. It was my doppel. It was my twin. My doppelganger did this. <laughs> Somebody who looked just like me. Um, we jumped on the. They jumped on the interstate and uh, did it again. And needs to say, we never saw that guy ever again. <laughs> so he kind of got embarrassed, and I can't and. My doppelganger came back with a big grin on his face, and the sales manager looked at him and went, so what'd you do? And I was like, you can't tell? He goes, oh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> so there's my, there's that's the Rocket 3 story. You know who's got a really slick Rocket 3? Alonzo Bowden. Really? Comedian. He's a big bike guy. He's got a carbon fiber BST wheeled Rocket 3. Oh, that's all. And I'm not kidding you. Look, look it up. It That bike is nasty. He's got, you know... The K&N cone filters on the side of it, BST wheels. And he goes, the problem with it is I get phone calls from, like, my – he goes, it's my dealer, but he's kind of like my drug dealer too. And bike-wise, <laughs> he goes, I got this set of BST carbon wheels. You, oh, I'll make you a really good deal on them. And he goes, all right, fine. So, oh, yeah, how nasty is that? All right. Hold on, Sam, pull a picture for you. We'll find a picture, and we might – we'll try and post it up on Instagram so yeah, you guys know awesome. what we're talking about. That bike is disturbing. Come on. You can do it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And, and the just, root beer color is just amazing. Oh, right. yeah. And that's a custom job. He did. He had somebody do that for him. I rode uh, a Rocket 3 the first time uh, working up in the Triumph dealer. It come in, and I hadn't ridden one, Pretty. and I, br- I had one in that needed a valve job and a couple other things done. Um, and so I get done working on it, so of course I have to go out and test ride the thing. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is that... Five foot eight with a twenty nine inch MC, and I'm trying to figure out how in the hell to sit on it and yeah. get the kickstand up. It's never gonna happen. Um, it's tough. I, I'm pretty sure the when I first rolled out, that one of the other guys ran over and kicked the kickstand up for me because I was <laughs> I was like sticking my tiptoe out just trying to get to it without falling. Oh, over. you'd be hilarious and, to watch uh, the super other adventure bike, the KT oh, adventure it's, bike. Uh, well, I think I'd be. Yeah. I think I'm I'm better on tall stuff than I am. If it's dirt bike filling in any way, I, I get more comfortable with it. The, that Rocket is so big and wide. It is. A, it is. It's, it's just. I'm it's like. Big I'm like. Bike. I don't know how to. Yeah. yeah. Um. That like, is a bike that I think if if really and truly they made it for guys that are like six foot four and bigger. They right. made it but, for the English bouncers. Right. Hell, yeah. we could have all eaten dinner <laughs> off the gas tank and still had room for more. Oh yeah. But it's it's a huge bike. But anyway. I remember uh, pulling out of the parking lot and I get ready to pull out and there's a little bit of traffic coming, and so I not knowing what to go out but expecting it to be somewhat juicy. I pull Juicy. out. <laughs> oh God! Why did I just get like the a notorious B.I.G. song running through my head right now? <laughs> Juicy. That's not oh, what dude. I had going through my head, but okay. Well, <laughs> I had big in I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm gonna just close my imagination right now. Yeah, please. Um, so, anyways, I get I get up and I go to pull out, and it's one of those I, I couldn't. You know, I was kind of nervous about stopping, and because um, again, these things are huge. So I'll come up, and as I'm approaching. Uh, the highway and I see the traffic coming. I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. So <clears throat> rather than sit there and hold, hold that big ass thing up. So I get, I give it a little bit of gas and again, not real crazy hard into it. And I leave the parking lot with that thing damn near at full lock. Oh yeah. The back end just steps out and I just drift completely sideways, little trail of smoke popping up behind me and, you it's know, hooks up and it just goes. And, uh, so my first thought was one, I hope my boss didn't see that. And two, Oh yeah! Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> that well, that's what—that's the motor they're using for that land speed bike that yeah. Guy Martin's running. And and I had this little loop that I'd go on, and it had some pretty tight little turns. And I was amazed, mm-hmm. and ha- as big of a bike as it is, how well it actually took everything. Yeah. Um, it was one of those bikes. Now I will say, anything under about forty miles an hour, I started getting the feeling. Um, in the steering, it almost reminds me of like when you've got low tires. Yeah. Which and it's, obviously it's we checked the things before we left, yeah. but it it is it's such a heavy bike, you know, and and, and I'm I'm outstretched already yeah. to holding on the handlebars. Well, you look like an Ewok trying to turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um yeah. I remember sitting on it and like I mean it's so wide. I I just about would have to kind of shift like my hips a little bit yeah. to actually push the rear brake in all the way and and so definitely not a bike that I should own just because I'm just not built for that bike but uh it truly was an absolutely 
uh, imp- very impressive. Oh, the bike's uh, awesome. Bike to ride. And the only problem is it's with with it being shaft drive. If you ever ridden a VMAX, oh. it's the same way. You mm-hmm. dump the clutch or you jump in it real hard. The shaft jack's gonna hit mm-hmm. you in the back, and if you're not ready for it, it's gonna make you feel like you're gonna throw up <laughs> because it just hits you so hard in the back. You're like, oh god! Right in the kidney. Oh god! My buddy Tony's VMAX that I've. I have got to get him to dig that thing out. The thing hasn't run in forever. I've got to get him. I, I, it's getting to a point now where I'm just going to go get it, put a battery in it, and bring it down and get the fork seals changed, get the forks rebuilt, and be done with it because I'm tired of dealing with it. I'm tired of sitting there telling him to work on a damn thing and get it running right. right. This is also the guy where I told him his brother Terry has probably one of the most pristine ZRX-12s, and it's perfect. It's got 3,000 miles on it. I told Tony one weekend, I was like, would you, I don't want to be morbid or be mean, but will you tell Terry to hurry up and die? <laughs> he goes, why? He just he said it jokingly. I mean, I said it jokingly, too. I was like, so I can have the ZRX and ride the damn thing? Right. But one of these weekend, one of these Tuesdays, we're going to go up, and I'm going to take the VMAX, and I'm going to take the BMW. We're going to go up to Union Hill, and we're going to go, because Tony won't be able to run it. He's like, I can't run it. I'll let you run it all day. So I'm going to go take a pass on an eighth mile on a VMAX and see what happens. Nice. So, hell, that's what they're built for. Yeah. Oh, that bike. Someone have you ever ridden one? Uh, not a newer one yet. Uh, well, not a new one, but like the. Oh yeah, the yeah. original. Hell the, yes. Oh, it's such a fun bike. You can pick them up dirt cheap too. Yeah. Three I, grand. I looked at a couple. Three or four grand, yeah. and they're they don't get a whole lot of gas mileage, but they're they're, they're not, not designed for that. for that. But they're a great power cruiser. Oh yeah. Great power cruiser. Cool. Well, on that note, I think we're going to take our first break, mm-hmm. and we will be back shortly. We're going to talk about uh the upcoming. Track season. Track season and yeah. what you need to do to prepare for it. Yep. We'll see you in a little bit. See you in a minute. Welcome back. back uh, wait, you, you've been listening to us ramble on about the new fantastic, wonderful movie that came out this past weekend. You'll be able to, you'll know what it is. if you. I haven't uh, seen it yet. Yeah, Chris is going to see it this week. But um, anyway, back to what we were talking about. We were going to talk about track prep and all that good stuff. Yeah, for all you guys who for are. For everyone who is actually going to go out and do a track day here yep. coming soon. And I'm going to start off with this because I think I'm the only one that's ever been on the track. Right. Although for those of you who are more interested in adventure riding and everything else, don't worry. We will get to some other things here in the future. Who's messaging you? Um. I don't know. Let's find out. Who is that? Let's see if they leave a message. Oh, is that? Oh, God. Okay. Um, that's not Phil. Phil hasn't called you yet. No. But uh, so for those of you who this might be your first track day, I'm going to give you one quick word of advice. Relax. Trust me. Relax. First thing I will tell everybody, you can't win at a track day. You can definitely lose, but you can't win at a track day. You're not there to race. You're not there to race. You're out there to have a good time and test your limits and improve. That's the easy track days and stuff is the easiest way to improve your sport riding. Now, getting that out of the way. First things first, when you're prepping your stuff, you're prepping your gear, don't pack the night before in a rush, because then you're gonna leave something important, like your back protector or your boots. Or no, not even tire warmers. Or your helmet. your helmet, like a certain racer friend of mine, a racer friend of ours, did, mm-hmm. and he ended up having to do a tally weekend in a built. Yeah. By the way, this does apply to all of you who actually do race on yeah. or off road. If you know you've got an event like a track day or an actual race, mm-hmm. get all your preparation done as early as possible. If you're leaving on Friday. To get, if you're, you've got the trailer or the truck loaded up and you're leaving out Friday after work, pack your stuff on Wednesday. Or earlier. No, nah, Wednesday's fine. Make sure your bike is in perfect shape much earlier than that. Make sure Do your bike prep Monday or Tuesday night. Do your gear prep Wednesday. Load on Thursday. That way when you, you're loading and everything's ready, it won't take too long and you can make sure that you've got everything. Because there's nothing worse than showing up at a track day without tools or without a helmet a helmet or oh no um who i had a friend leave his suit well he got all the way to texas from from nashville and realized he oh it's blake 
Blake Jones <laughs> left his, I think it was Blake, left his suit. If not, I'll hear about it. But, yeah, left his suit in Nashville, and he drove all the way to Texas without a suit. Yeah. Luckily, and luckily he had someone that could let him borrow a one-piece. But still, yeah, showed oh. up at a race. At a race, a weird endurance race right. without a suit. Now, here's something that me and Tyler encounter all the time going back to preparation, <laughs> especially when it comes to your bike, all right? When you've got an event, whether it be a track day or true race, You've got to know your bike is ready ahead of time. Yep, like if, at least a week. Yeah, not the day before. If you suddenly decide, okay, my my event is Saturday, it's Thursday night, I'm going to go prep the bike now. Guess what? Too late. Your valves are bent, your crankshaft is broken, whatever the case may be. You ain't going to get it done in time. Not going to happen. There is no one, at least on a non professional racing level with a full team, no one's going to get this done for you. You cannot call your local dealership and say, hey, this is what I need. I have a race tomorrow. Do you have this here? Because 90% of the time, the answer will be a no. And don't call some of your, and don't call a tuning shop, a race shop. Don't call Marietta Motorsports and say, hey, I need this tomorrow. When you're not one of their sponsored guys or anything else, Huey's going to laugh at you. Right. So don't do that. So, but whatever it is you're doing, make sure your bike is ready ahead of time. And prep yourself too, guys. Um, biggest thing, if you're going to the southeast and if it's going to be hot or relatively warm, and you're we're coming out of winter right now, and you're not used to a warm temperature so far, hydrate. Don't sit there and start drinking a bunch of water on your way down on Friday, because a you're up to stop a lot and it's going to wear you out, and b it's not going to do you any, do any do you any good. No. Start hydrating Tuesday. If it's really once the summer hits, it's gonna be 85, 90 degrees. Hydrate, start hydrating on Sunday, and then get to that point. Now, for those of you, this is coming out. This is coming up. It's the first track day of the year. Get your gear out. Try it on. Put it on. Make sure it still fits. For God's sakes, because we're all coming off the holidays and we're all carrying about probably 10, 15 extra pounds. <laughs> right. In my case, probably 30. But no, make sure it fits. Hey, have another beer. Yeah, no, I no, I don't want. I'm. You're a terrible influencer. You know that, right? What? Anyway, but so make sure that the gear still fits and it's still in good condition. Don't hey, honestly, don't wait till that week because you're not gonna be able to get new gear within a couple of days unless you, you overnight the stuff. It's not gonna happen. Right. Um, overnighting is expensive. Overnighting is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, you will pay every penny for yeah. it. Make sure it's clean. You don't want to sit there around a suit that smells like B.O. and poop. Tacos. or ta- Yeah, tacos or chimichangas. Especially if you haven't had any. Chimichangas. See, you got that <laughs> reference. Yay, Hedgehog's paying attention. I um, haven't even watched the movie. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but that, and, you know, and when you get done with that and you're checking your bike over, if it's a race, make sure stuff's safety wired. Mm. Make sure it's safety wired. The weekend before. Nothing like losing your nuts on a track. Oh, nothing. Well, no. And then and I can personally say this. You lose something on the track and you make me, the corner worker, go pick it up, I'm going to throw it at you when you come back. Because I can't stand There's nothing worse than having to hunt for a brake bolt, a, a brake caliper bolt, in between the B Super Bike and the C Super Stock, Super Stock Expert Race because you've got all these guys ready to go. Don't be that guy. Because we'll tell the we'll tell these guys that they're sitting there sweating on the uh, start line that you're the one that did it, and then you're gonna have to deal with it. So yeah, it was number forty two, and he's pitted in slot thirteen. Uh huh. We'll let them know who it is. <laughs> we don't care. It's not my problem. So, but yeah, make sure everything's ready to go, and you're in. You're make sure you're ready to go. Make sure the bike and everything's ready to go. Make sure the bike's clean, everything else, and. That's just getting ready. And if you realize that, hey, I need tires, don't wait till the night, the two days before, to try and order tires. You're not going to be able to get them. It's not going to happen. They and most of your track day companies will sell tires at the track, but they're not going to be as cost effective as you buying them at home. So if you're real, if you if you've known you need to get tires this whole winter, don't wait till the week before. Just get tires, order them. If you're not Getting the general sense of the theme here, it's pre-prepared. Don't wait for the last damn minute. Yeah. And if it's your first track day, 
congratulations. You're doing probably something the smartest thing you'll ever do. Even if you don't do another one, you can do one and you can realize that, hey, this is what I need to work on and you're good. I will say this. If you go there and you're like 99% of us, you get addicted. Welcome to the mafia. Welcome to the club because once you're in, you're never getting out. You're <laughs> always going to want to ride that hard. And in certain instances, street riding just doesn't do it for you. Um, but yeah, there's that. We can talk about track shenanigans and everything else later next week. Once we have Dallas here. Once we have, yes, now that we're, we'll let it out. My buddy Dallas, one of our dear. Have you met? Have you two met Dallas yet? Mm-hmm. I rode with him. I know you've ridden with him. You haven't met Dallas yet. Don't think so. Um, I'll be. I rode slightly far behind him. You but, hey. you you rode behind us. You, it was me. Okay, we'll tell the we'll say this story. It was me. We all, we we're all doing a remembrance ride for a dear friend of ours that passed in a motorcycle accident. Four or five years ago, um, very dear friend of ours, and it was Dallas's dad, Steve, leading the ride. It was, I'll say this: he's the one that taught me how to ride on the street. He taught me, he taught my motorcycle safety foundation course, and I met Dallas working at the dealership because he bought a, the bike, bought his one of his bikes from the dealership, and we struck up a conversation. Oh wait, yeah, okay, now cool. And lo and behold, we all know the same. We, he and I knew the same people, and we just kind of ended up riding every once in a while together. Steve knows every back road there is to know here in Tennessee. Hmm. And the best one is, the, this is the way he tells everybody, I ride 70. I do 70 miles an hour everywhere. You can do 70 miles an hour on, the back, on a back road. You can do it on an interstate. It doesn't matter. But 70 miles an hour, trying to keep up with him, a uh, BMW R1100 is pretty entertaining, actually, because the bikes, it, his bike's only got like 92 horsepower, and I'm pushing damn near double. And I'm like, why am I not hanging on to this guy? This is d- depressing. But anyway, so we won't go off on this charity ride or this remembrance ride, and it's Steve with the president's wife on the back because she didn't want to ride with the president because the back seat, he was on R1. Yeah. And that's almost a torture device. And she's like, I'm not riding with you anymore on the back. So she rode with Steve. And Dallas is on Steve's track scalpel of a Honda Hawk, which riding next to it looks like a bicycle. Right. I mean, and I'm on I'm on my SV. It was actually it was running at the time and it was and I can I'm pretty good on I'm okay on an SV on the street. I'm not bad. I'm I'm okay. And so and then there was everybody else behind us. I'm riding with Steve, and we're not pushing it by any stretch of the imagination. We're having a good time. I turn around. Dallas turns around. Dallas is in front of me. He turns around. I see him start bust out laughing. I turn around. Nobody's to be seen. I was like, how far ahead of these people are we? We, were, we weren't too far ahead of that, like Nash and Chris and all of them, but we were good ways ahead of everybody else. So I still catch shit for that ride. Still. Because hey. apparently I crashed Boney. Because I'm the only one that comes to like is around and they can get yelled at for it. Mm-hmm. This is four or five years ago. So anyway, yeah. But so D- Dallas is fun to ride with. He's got some, he's got a lot of a track experience. We'll get Steve out here. One no, we need to do a show from Steve's garage. I agree. We need to go get out there and have I a agree. Sunday fun day one weekend. There's not a race and let every bike he has sing for us. I don't know if all of them run. The ones that do. All the street bikes run. I think. And then we'll get the Zuma out, and we'll see how long it takes somebody to get hurt. <laughs> Zuma? Oh, this, oh. oh, it won't take long. <laughs> Steve has gotten hurt worse on that Zuma than on road racing for 25 years. You know what we need to do? What? We need to find mini bikes. Dude, we've already... No, I've already done this. We had su- pit bike supermoto out by Cycle Gear and Gooch's until that freaking sewing machine place shut but us down. But that was with them. I didn't do it with us. It's the same... Oh, God. No, I will say this. Pit bikes at Steve's house, after about three shots of Jaeger apiece, <laughs> would be great comedy. It would be well, great comedy. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Noble Savage challenged us to do the scooter run. What scooter run? Just what? get on some scooters. Just the three of us get on some scooters and mod it out for a while. He does not want any part of me, of us, on scooters. He, no, because I'll show up on a Prilia RS-52 stroke scooter pushing like 80 <laughs> horsepower. Right. Don't start this with me. Uh, I'll find one. RS-50 would be fun. I'm, I, I'm about a ruckus one. in putting a YZ250 engine on it. 
Damn that, I'm getting a Grom putting that Panigale motor in. Did you see that shit? <laughs> what? I can't ride that thing. Did you see that, yes, though? Yes, I did. That is, it's a Panigale motor with two 10-inch wheels on it. If you just twist this hard one, you probably uh, beat Travis Pastrana's record for... Quickest most, crash? <laughs> I was actually going to say most backflips in, what is it, two minutes? Quickest <laughs> crash, no. I'm going to go with quick, quickest crash. Ugh. Did you see him hit that double cork 1080 on the mountain bike after forever? Uh-oh. Anybody else see that? <laughs> Stomp that trick. He was in London, and somebody just said, oh, go hit it. He's like, all right, well, you know how Travis is. All right, fine. Boom, hits it. Nobody saw it. It was all on video, and it was just like warm-up for the show. I was like, oh, my God. Must be nuts. Oh, yeah, I did see that. It yeah. must be. I wish. I mean, I will never begrudge Travis anything, because he's the nicest guy in the world. And I I give – he deserves everything that he gets because of the just the time and the, just the injuries he's had to deal with. But God, I wish I had his life. Right. He is the. Oh, that has to be the most fun on the planet, minus the broken bones. I don't deal well with broken bones. See, I've never had like a. I've never needed to be casted for anything. I'm broken. Yeah, so the only thing I've ever broken was my nose. I don't know what it's like to. I broke a finger, <laughs> and that sucked. Yeah. Well, see, it I've broken a like finger. I've, I've blown a knee out twice. twice. I, I cracked my heel. I've. Broken my tailbone and I've cracked several ribs, but I've never like snapped an arm. Well, I mean, I've again, I've blown a knee out twice. <laughs> I was in a brace for two months, mm-hmm. two and a half months, but that wasn't anyway. Whatever. That's in another sport that I could go on and on and on for about, but whatever. Um, that must be what I'm thinking it is. White powdery stuff? No, that's not a sport. Although it could be. <laughs> Wait, the white powdery stuff or what I'm thinking? <laughs> I went to a weird. I went to the probably the white powdery stuff that he was thinking. He said white powdery stuff, and I said that's not a sport. That's what he said. Yes. That's what he said. I was thinking something much different. <laughs> Whatever. I need another beer. Yes. Ah, you, <laughs> oh, you went for the angry orchard this time again. Make it a yeah. race, and everything's a sport. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the, the what's the what's the quote? What was the first motorcycle race when the owner of the first the second motorcycle just pulled up next to the owner of the first? One. Right. <laughs> that's when the first motorcycle race was. So what else? Um, let's let's discuss how you are in your hyper situation. Have you thought any more on it, or is it still kind of in stasis mode? Um, I'm still. <laughs> In a holding pattern at the moment. Okay. Because uh, if push comes to shove, I might be down there to look at it for you. Look at one for you. Well, I just need to... Uh, I know once I see it, I'll be all completely in love with it. Oh, I know you but, will be. But, but, and I've probably bent Tyler's ear a few times this week about it. Um, I'm conflicted yet again. Oh, God, what now? I could... Get the hyper. Yeah. And keep the 14. Okay. And I have the best of both worlds. Okay. What's the where where where's the other option here? I could trade the 14 in on a multi-strata and Pikes Peak it. Eh. Minus the three thousand. No, sorry, six thousand dollar dry clutch. Uh, you don't mod, want, look. Don't no. Do. You don't want to do a. If you're not. You and I both. No. You and I are the same way. We're not. We're technically inclined, but we're too ADD and too we, we too. We can't sit there and mess with stuff over and over and over again. Life gets in the way. Yeah, life gets in the way, and we just we we don't want to tinker. We want to ride. Don't get anything with a dry clutch if you don't want to tinker, mm-hmm. because all it's going to do is sit there. You have to adjust clutch plates and everything else. And that must explain why I keep buying things that are broken. Exactly. I'm the tinkerer. You are the tinkerer. <laughs> I can't do it. I just want, that's like the char- like when we talked about the bike has character. We had that conversation uh, two episodes, two or three episodes ago. Right. No, it doesn't have character. It doesn't work see, on occasion. So I, I want my stuff to just sit there and go. I hit the button and go. Right. See, I, as long as I have something that goes, I can tinker, provided it's not freaking freezing outside. Yeah, I know. You know, which again explains half of my garage at the moment because it's too cold to be in. Three fourths of anything. your garage, you mean? Huh? Three fourths of your garage. I think ninety percent of well, everything I, I own spends eighty percent of its life apart in my garage. Well, the car is just because the car didn't want to be together at that point. Yeah, but this is also the first motorcycle I've had in a long time that didn't get 
disassembled as well. True. <laughs> Very true. Except for trying to figure out where the battery was and uh, trying well, to yeah, install so the headlights. I've, I've had it halfway apart already, too. But that that was it. It went back together. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So. That sounds like there was a few beers in before you guys tried to figure that out. I wasn't there. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> ah. But yes. Oh, so, so, well, talking about that, we were building a stunt bike in Bowling Green. Huh. And we decided that, hey, we're going to build oh, this. Stunt bikes. We'll talk, talk about that in a moment. Well, okay, this will lead into that. So we decided that, hey, this guy actually, he's got all the parts. We just haven't put the handlebars on it correctly yet. So we decided at about 1 o'clock in the morning that, hey, it'd be a great idea to put, let's put these, let's get these holes drilled, put these handlebars on. After a good four hours of drinking and partying and having a good time, oh, let's put them on. Let's see what happens. All right, cool. We throw these handlebars on. And let's just say, let's, you remember the old remote-controlled cars where you had the little pin on the bottom of it that you turned Mm -hmm. to set the alignment? Yeah. Yeah, when we woke up the next morning hung over as hell, we looked at it, and if it was a remote-controlled car, the pin would have been all the way to the right. So our, our if you tried to ride this thing straight, and yes, I know it's an audio podcast. You're not going to be able to see this. But let's just say they weren't straight across. It was more along the lines of the bars would be pointing at 2 and 7 huh. on a clock dial to ride straight. So, yeah, we did that. We ended up having to put a whole new triple setup on this F4i. I've done yeah. that a few times, but oh. usually it's because I crashed a motor, uh, motocross bike. Oh, no, it was a bike after all. No, we we drilled the holes wrong. <laughs> that's because that's why we had to put new triples on it, because we were drunk and we drilled the holes wrong. Didn't line it up properly. So, anyway, on to stunt bikes. On to stunt bikes. Uh, for all of you wanting to uh, beat the... Longest, fastest wheelie record yes. in the world. That just got reset. Yep. It's you not longest. It's over, the, it's over the standing. It's over a standing mile, standing kilometer. It's now at. It was set on a turbo Busa pushing about what was it? Five hundred forty horsepower. Turbo Busa pushing five hundred forty horsepower. Two hundred and nine miles an hour on the back wheel. I don't care how good at wheelies you are. I don't care how good you think you are. There's not. There's no one on the plant. No one in the states in our area that we know of that have gotten close to that. The speedometer may have said that, but you weren't that close. I was saying. <laughs> keep in mind, this is a laser trap, not a. Speedo? Not indicated. Right. It's, a, it's a laser trap. So that's. Actually, no, they may not. Was it a laser trap or could they have GPSed it? Because GPS is going to be the most accurate. I don't know. I've heard that they say even that uh, that laser trapping is even more accurate than GPS. Okay, whatever. It's as accurate as it's going to get. Because they do it mathematically. Yeah, yeah. Just 600 said I did 206. <laughs> no, it didn't. I promise. Oh, no. Have you. There's a, there's a, there's a Facebook meme that was oh, circulating yeah. for a little while. It said. It was the uh, my six hundred does a hundred and eighty crowd starter kit. It was a uh, yeah, a wife beater, a motocross helmet, a pair of camouflage cargo shorts, mm-hmm. and a beat up YZF six hundred. Yeah, it was it was those four pictures. <laughs> so yeah, no, your six hundred didn't do a hundred and eighty, unless it's not a six hundred anymore, right. or it's got a turbo. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Tyler and I had a, a kid come to the shop the other day. Well, we've all dealt with him. Yeah, with 97 G, uh, Katana 750. <laughs> oh, that bike might do 130 oh, going I'm, down a hill. I'm just listening because I'm going to go grab another customer's battery. And I'm listening to him talk to Tyler. I couldn't resist when I was grabbing that battery. I had to send him a text message. <laughs> what was I was it? in there, the, and again, he said the, the kid comes up. He's like, I got a 97 Katana 750. How can I make it faster? As Throw I'm it off a cliff. kind of talking to the guy and explaining to him, you know, that there really is not really much you can do to make that bike faster. I get a text message and I look down at it and it says, burn it and buy a real damn sport. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Again, throw it off a cliff. All right, it's about well, the only way it's going to go now, faster. I'm not hating on a Katana 750. I am. I don't give a shit. I it, <laughs> okay. The Katana's. 
Katana series bikes, the newer ones anyways. There's a reason why it's called a Canatuna. Yeah. All right. They're great bikes. They're good sport. No. No, they're great bikes. They're a good not, bike. It's a good starter sport bike. I've seen them a, on a track. It's a day. great sport touring bike. Yeah. He keeps using great. It is great. It is for what <laughs> it is. For, it is. For what it is and for what it's marketed for, it's a you're great bike. Right. But if you think you're going to get a Katana and you're going to hang with the Jixer boys or the Ninja boys or the CBR boys... Anything outside of YZF 600. Hell, half the SV boys. Right. <laughs> You're getting the wrong bike. Yeah. Great bike to learn on. They're pretty bulletproof. It's a, it's a fantastic beginner's first sport right. bike. It's very good at that. You can tour on it. You can go distance on it. They're fast-ish. It's never going to break. They're fast-ish. It's, unless you do something stupid, it's never going to break. Yeah, they're bulletproof as hell. But if you're getting on one and you think it's... The fastest thing on the planet. That, that's awesome. Good on you. I'm glad you like it. But you're never going to hang with anything outside of a 96 CBR 600 F3. No, you'll still get beat by one of those. <laughs> so freeze the shit. Maybe an FZR 600. Oh, you might hang out with a YZF 600. I saw one of those on Craigslist today for like 1500 bucks. Right. Because the YZF 600 R is a red and white one. Mm. What about yeah. the old RF 900s? Oh, God. Stitch had one of those. Oh. Our buddy Stitch, God love him. Oh, he Stitch. had one. And I'm sorry, RF900, that was the bike that they tried to stick between the Jixxer 750 and the Jixxer 1100. Yeah. And it just didn't work. And yeah. They had an RF600, too. Yeah. And it was still classified <laughs> above the Katana. Yeah. Well, see, the thing about the RF is, when I first saw one, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I looked at it again and went, what am I thinking? Yeah. No. It's like, wait, do you have this because you learned how to ride on one and you just really like the old school memory? Or but th- is it this a joke? is the thing. Everyone has had that point where they they want a bike, but they can't afford anything Lower. upper level. Right. I'll say that. So they get the they get the fifteen hundred dollar Peter. Right. Which you know, it could be a Katana six hundred or seven fifty. It could be an RF. It could be. Uh, old CB1000 Hurricane that's mm-hmm. clapped out. It could be a YZF, R6, YZF 600R. It could be any of those things. And we don't begrudge it by any stretch of the no, imagination. No. If, ride you're on, ride. if you're on two wheels, we don't care. It's the fact that rose-tinted glasses, I guess, that's what mm-hmm. we call. Yeah, if you see life through rose-tinted glasses. And it... Or if you wear rose-tinted Yeah, if you come in looking like John Lennon, you're gonna get talked. You're gonna get talked about. Sorry, mm-hmm. but it's it, you have to remember what it is you're riding and know its place in the hierarchy of life. The best. This is the best analogy I have for this. There was a guy that before I started running, working at Cycle Gear and helping run that. He, this is when I was at Castle. This guy had an '89 Katana's. 750, I think. It was the square headlight one with the goofy looking mirrors that came up and out. Yeah. It was 80s. It was 80s tastic. <laughs> it was awesome in an 80s way. You this, could hear the Miami Vice. Theme oh, song. God, it was Miami Vice and Karate Kid. Like I hear, I hear Hot Summer Nights every time I see that. <laughs> one. But I'm sort of like, but this guy thought that it was the next closest thing to God. I mean, this guy had chrome, chrome wheels, steel braided lines, got a new shock, forks, every nine, ten. I mean, he had he had a freaking Corbin seat and a backrest on the back of it. Wow. Yeah. And had it painted like an electric Kentucky blue and all wow. this other mess. And I started looking at it, and this is when Andrew was still in town. Okay. Andrew was working at, it was the assistant manager of Cycle Gear. Andrew is a dear friend of mine. He is at, He's actually the parts manager at one of the top four side-by-side dealerships in the country. Hmm. So if you follow him on Instagram, he's always got crazy side-by-sides. Because, he, well, he works out in Austin, so they all come off the oil rigs, and it's all right. oil rig money. But he and I are talking, oh, you showed up, didn't you? So he and I are just kind of chit-chatting about it, and he goes, yeah, we all stopped riding upside down, or right way up forks when, in 03, and we stopped thinking those were cool. Back in 03, and I was like, wait a minute, my SV's had He's like, well, see, your SV needed them. Your SV didn't need a right way up forks. The rest of us right. have moved on to over 20 years of technology. 
But, oh, gosh, he thought it was the best thing on the planet. And I, I, sad thing is, I could sneeze faster than this bike. And I could run around a corner. It was just... If, that what you, if that's what you're into, do it, by all means. Yeah. But don't think that you because you're on something, you put that kind of money in, that it's fantastic. When... I guess the same, probably the same amount of money you've got in that bike and buy a 600 that'll, a five-year-old 600 and destroy it. Right. Which, you know, again. Yeah, again, ride your ride. It's yeah. all good, but don't, don't have delusions of grandeur. Right. Please. Yeah, there's just certain things just that, gotta hit there's no way you can make faster without spending way more money than your bike it's is worth, not yeah. worth. So. On that note, what time is it? Uh, I think it's about that time. It is about that time. Yeah. Um, Follow us on all the usual places. Yeah. Don't forget, give us a call. What's that number again? Because I think two I... 2625. 2625. I put 2656. Go ride for yep. Phil. Yep. 2625. That's probably why he hasn't called. Some... Oh, trust me. I tell you, he's, it, we'll probably end up using him because he's fantastically right. funny. We'd love to hear two, from six, you. 2625. Go ride. Yeah. 2625. Go ride. And I told him, Sam Elliott and be funny. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. So yeah, give us a call. Trust me, you'll probably get the voicemail. Leave us a message. Leave us a message, please, because we want to hear what you guys can come up with. Yeah, and you know the best messages will get aired. You'll get aired. You might you, the break message. That's what they'll be. Hell yeah. We'll use them as the break message going to break, <laughs> and this is what we'll reintroduce us as. That's we'll right. use that because yeah, the music's too good. Anyway. <laughs> um I guess we're going to sign ShoutEngine.com. Yep. If you can't get us on iTunes, get us on ShoutEngine.com. We are also um, on Stitcher. So, Stitcher, yes. I was going to use the, 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 the smoking tire. Uh, use your, get your own damn podcast at ShoutEngine.com. But they have 30 times the followers as right, us. But right. anyway. Which, again, you know, yeah. honestly, with all the Shout Engines done for us, we can tell you. Yeah. Get your own damn podcast. Get your podcast own damn on podcast Shout on Shout Engine. It's wonderful. Yes. Um, they're very good. They're they're easy to deal with. They're yeah. pretty fun. I mean, it's been smooth sailing from the Oh yeah, we've never we've never had an issue. But so yeah, um hit us up on all the places, Instagram, all that good stuff. And we will see you guys In later. Episode eight. Episode eight will be the three of us and Dallas Webster. And Dallas and I will probably be talking a lot of shenanigans. Yeah. And these two might either be laughing or shaking their head going, what Or the just hell? drinking more beer. Or just drinking more beer. Um, because so. that has happened a lot with a lot of the stories that Dallas and I have. <laughs> anyway, we'll so see you all later. This is Chris the Wingman. Tyler Hedgehog. Hey, it's Daniel Pretty Boy. And we're saying good night, get out and ride, and we'll see you next week. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell up out of here. Thank you for listening to Wingman's Garage. For business inquiries, email us at podcasts at wingmansgarage.net.